covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome one, welcome all to the latest edition of the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman in here as always in the host chair alongside my good buddy, pal, and co-host all the way in Jacksonville, Florida, Jim Mernier. We continue our National Arena League Championship Week series of podcasts highlighting the coaches, players, execs of these two championship squads, the Carolina Cobras and the Albany Empire. As you've noticed, we are ending the week with the host team, Albany. We had Jeff on yesterday. Today, we are pleased to bring on head coach and NAL champion himself from last year, now getting to host two years in a row. Uh, coach Tom Manas of the Albany Empire joining me and Jim on the show. Tom, Tom, glad to have you on. Uh, congrats again, getting the uh, second straight year to host this championship game. And, you know, it's, it's, I gotta say, it's gotta be nice to have a full season. Now you get to have where you got to prep and now you get to have possibly an even bigger event than last year now at the MVP arena. Yeah. Thank Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's nice that, um, we're post COVID, uh, restrictions and, um, we're anxious to see the fans. We've been building our fan base throughout the entire year. It's getting better and better and better. And we're hoping that this will be the, coming out party, if you will, of uh, establishing good crowds from here on out. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I I will say right now, folks, uh, I know I I usually will save this till the end as we've been doing, but, you know, tickets are still available. Recommend you go and check it out. It's going to be a ruckus, a wild and ruckus game and sales are doing great. It's going to be really jam packed Um, for yourself, Tom. I mean, what what are some preparations uh, that you're doing in particular? I know, Jeff's hinted that they're working with the league, with the league's officials itself. But I mean, what's it like right now, week lead up, not only having to prep, you know, the host team yourself, but also having to be able to be a good host to the NAL as well at the same time. Um, it's, it's a little bit of, um, you know, it, it gets a little bit taxing during the week. Um, I, I've been in a few of these before, so I kind of know what to expect. And we try to be a good host. Um, I try to, I try to be a good host. Um, one of the things, uh, it started actually after the Jacksonville game, um, Rez and I spoke about 1230 Saturday night after that game, congratulated each other. Um, one of those deals, well, okay, call me Monday. Let me know what you need, you know, and Rez was like, I'm going on vacation. You know, <laughs> those guys hadn't had the bye week so he needed some time. I got oh, that. Yeah. So he went and I started working. Um, uh, we put to bed the Jacksonville game and obviously got started on Carolina right away, but also the preparation for the game as a host, um, making sure hospitality is done, you know, working with the commissioner and his office about uh, any logistics and things like that. So, yeah, it, in addition to your football, you have some other duties, but it's no big deal. It's no mm-hmm. big deal. Sure, sure. We understand. Is there any difference that you're doing from last year's preparations, from last year's uh, hosting to this year? Is there any quirks that you're yeah. seeing that you have experience from last year and you're carrying that on to this year? Yeah, the biggest, I think the biggest one was uh, the fact that like media day, right? So uh, it was, it was, you got to remember, we were, it was still optional on masks. It was still, you know, uh, I was telling uh, Zach earlier, we were the first event to be hosted in New York post-COVID. 
So, yeah. you know, we're, we, I think our first game, we had 600 people and they had to count the, the people that worked in the arena and we had restrictions on numbers. And so by the time we got to the championship game, all the way up until a couple of weeks before the season, uh, the playoffs, I'll, I'll never forget this because Governor Como, his daughter was getting married and they had a mass restriction on our arena. And I said in an interview, come on, let's lift the mass restriction, Governor. Your daughter's getting married on Saturday anyway. You don't want everybody in masks. <laughs> sure as heck, they lifted the mask mandate. It was awesome. <laughs> I think it was just a coincidence that she was getting married. But so we, you know, but having like media day, doing all those kinds of things was tough. Um, coordinating that. We didn't have a banquet. We didn't have an award ceremony. Uh, the logistics just didn't allow for it. It was a shortened season. Um it was kind of like, okay, yeah, you won the championship. All right, see you next year. You know, it's one of those deals. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of time. I'm like, what? What? You know, um, this year, I think it's going to be, um, we have media day. Uh, like I was telling you, Zach, tomorrow we're doing mm -hmm. team pictures after practice, you know, our team photo. Uh, we got Friday, we've got, you know, our walkthrough practice. Then we have media day from one to three. And then we have the banquet from six to nine. And then, course the games on saturday you know but uh it's been a busy week with stuff yeah i i, I can i can definitely <laughs> tell i think that you you guys have had uh plenty to get get through but i mean it, it's going to be an awesome event i mean the block party too before that as well you guys will be putting on right. so you know a lot going on there um uh, clearly i the other element that we brought up was prep preparation you know mm -hmm. um and i think something that's been said and both of us do watch, uh, by the way, your two, your guys' Tuesday coaches show, you know, that you guys put on. Um, and I did what we did watch this week. Um, the question was brought up, of course, as it's shown from this year, Carolina's defeated you guys three times. You have a fourth matchup coming up that, you know, is going to be as uh, Jim has put politely here. Uh, the gentleman's sweep is possible on the table for them, for you guys this will be the ultimate revenge for the regular season losses. Uh, what do you have to, what do you take into account when you hear, when you're hearing something like that coming into this and what are you telling your players um, when you're addressing, or at least kind of saying, Hey, we got these guys have gotten our number three times. How we're going to get them this fourth time. Yeah. I mean, um, I always look for, I guess what a way of describing things that makes sense to me may not make as much sense to anybody else, but mm -hmm. you look at the scenarios and you say, okay, yeah, we lost them three times. We lost a total of four games this year, right? Once to San Antonio in those three. Carolina lost to all the teams we beat. Hmm. Okay. So right. I can look at it that way too, right? And then I can say, well, we lost four times to two teams, three to one, one to they lost to multiple teams five times. So I'm just saying it's how you perceive it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Okay. Uh, I'm not, I'm not doing that because things that they experienced are the same things we experienced. Mm -hmm. Now there's a couple of things I got to bring up though. When sure. Carolina was winning and I think they were at one time eight and one, or something like that. Seven, seven and one. Yeah, seven and one. Mm -hmm. Seven and one. Jim, you you bring them the champions. And then I do remember that. Yes, I do. 
And then when we took over as number one, we, quoting you, called us the default number one. And we kind of take it with a grain of salt with you, Jim, because yeah. like we love you. Don't get me wrong. We love you. We love Zach. We watch you guys all the time, especially you, Jim. We love watching you because we have a drinking game called the Jim Drinking Game. And every time you say, yeah, every time you say Jacksonville, we take a shot. So okay, we've Jacksonville, for Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Right. Oh my so we've gosh. Been for months. Thank you. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it just it. You can see, and and I think you guys could uh, could understand, like any other coach would understand, is that it is the most difficult thing in the world to do <laughs> for a football coach is to finish the season number one. That's yes. your first goal. Finish the season number one. Why? Because now we don't have to travel anymore. We don't have to do any of that. We get to sleep in our own beds and we're hosting. And if we win our playoff game, the road to the championship goes through your hometown. So that's the goal of every coach in this league is to end the season number one, which is extremely difficult to do with teams like Carolina, Columbus, you know, all of them, right? The second part is you want to obviously um, win your first playoff game. And by doing that, making it to the championship, which again is extremely difficult. Okay. Um, that being said, so to accomplish what this group of young men has accomplished a totally different group, mind you, less a few sprinkled in players, mm -hmm. new rules, new everything. Uh, it's a testament to our ownership, our coaching staff, our players, our support staff, everybody from our trainers, equipment, everything that we do to replicate that back to back. It's ridiculously hard. It's ridiculously hard. So don't call us default number ones. I mean, because to be a default, I would love to hear the explanation what a default number one is. Did someone die and gave us the title? How did we I end up? I got to go look back at that episode and see what I was thinking. I completely forgot. That was many weeks ago. <laughs> you were doing your own drinking game. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, uh -huh. and that's the kind of things. No, and all kidding aside, but I, I, I appreciate your passion for your team. I appreciate your passion for the league and what you guys do. And I'm, I'm grateful. And you guys know since your first day you guys were on, I was supporting you guys. So mm -hmm. it, it has nothing to do with that at all. It, it's just that. What kind of coach would I be if I didn't say we're going to win? And I know I rub people the wrong way and I'm perfectly okay with that because I was telling Zach earlier, I said, you notice that all the coaches have one thing in common in this league. They were all quarterbacks, wide receivers kind of guys. Mm -hmm. I'm the only line. Linemen don't care. We're going to just call you out. And then if you want to get in a good old fashioned fist fight, let's go. And, and like I said, I, I said to Rez the other day, I said, I would love, I would love for us to just go to war on Saturday. And no matter what happens, I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to hug you. Win, lose, doesn't matter. Let's just give the absolute best version of ourselves to each other for two and a half, three hours and, and see what happens. 
That's what I want. As far as records go, records don't count in championship games. Right? I was asked. That's true. I was asked, how much film have I watched regarding um, the blowout game that Jacksonville whooped on? Yeah, I'll take a shot in a second. Yeah, it was on Tuesday. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. But the thing about it is, uh, I was asked how much film I watched on the Jacksonville Carolina game, the blowout. And I said, I didn't watch it. All I had to do was tell the, see the score and know that that wasn't a Carolina game. That was an anomaly. And then to hear rest say they were trying to do a quasi bye week and only practice once. It made sense. So, and, and I get it. I, I'm, Hey, I think he was smart to do that. Mm-hmm. I you got to rest, guys, eventually. It's got to happen. So my thing was I didn't watch that game and say, oh, let's break down Jacksonville and Carolina. No, it was it was a ridiculous blowout. It wasn't it, it, it wasn't any indication of how good Carolina is or how good Jacksonville was. And so we didn't watch it. So when we prepare – you know, we want to see, like, I watched the Columbus game a few times. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've watched that. I've watched, you know, all the other games they played this year, broke down their film. We know when they run, when they pass, we know for formations, we know down in distance, what they're going to do offensively, defensively, and all that's great. Um, he's doing the same thing. Oh yeah. The only difference is he doesn't know when we're going to call something and we don't know when he's going to call something. So you may know all the schematics of a game or the analytics, but it still comes down to the human factor, right? And then it comes down to, you know, are your receivers going to catch every ball? Are your defensive people going to tackle every time they have an opportunity or get a turnover or get a stop? And the other thing is we were talking about the special teams. So I want to get this on the record too. This is for Rez and he knows I'm digging him on this one. Okay. So the, the, the one time we were getting ready to play Rez, Mark, our kicker, had broke his leg. Okay? Yes. So we didn't have a kicker. So we had Vodka come in, and Vodka didn't, great guy, helped us out, got us through a tough period, but didn't have the leg strength of Mark. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we determined, rather than risk returns, we were going to kick the ball out of bounds for three games. And that's what we did. So we're getting ready to play Carolina, and Russ calls me up and says, hey, we're cool, you know, we're going to be, you know, kicking the brown balls. And I said, nah, I don't think so. I want to kick the white balls because we got to both agree. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give TC Stevens the brown ball and we can't kick the brown ball like TC at that time. I'm not going to give it to him. He called me every name in the book. Right. Okay. Oh, he cussed me out. He called me everything and blah, blah, blah. Yesterday. Month or Sunday, I called him up and said, Hey, we're gonna kick the brown balls. TC against Mark. It'll be great. Okay, that sounds great. Today he sends a note. I changed my mind. We're kicking the white balls. <laughs> I want it on the record. He's an asshole. Oh. <laughs> so he called me that. I'm calling him right back. No, and you know what? As soon as he did it, I said, smart move. Smart move. I said, okay, gamesmanship's on, right? But see, that's – and I'm not mad. 
I, I, it's funny because I'm not mad and I'm saying it's okay. We'll just play with whatever ball, you know, we're going to go. And, <laughs> but when I did it to him, Holy cow, his owner, everybody's cussing me out. And I'm thinking, you know what? How is it different now than when he did it? Right. <laughs> so when you prepare for a game, you know, you got to be okay with what's good for me. has got to be good for you too. Right. Sure. Sure. I, I, I actually, that makes sense. Although quite frankly, that is the first time we've been told about uh, that agreement packed with that. So um, I, I, we knew about the white, about, you know, you can have certain white balls there or not, but I, I did not realize about the uh, coaches agreements having to be put in place on that issue. So. Yeah, we have to both agree. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, everyone does, but sometimes if you don't have, you know, you got Mark coming into your arena and, Maybe your kicker's not as good. They would have us do the white balls or, you know, vice versa. And I think Columbus, when they played Carolina, they chose to use the white balls too, right? So mm-hmm. TC's a great kicker. Mark's oh, yeah. a great kicker. I thought it would just be fun to watch. You know, I, I thought, man, these two could put up eight apiece, you know. Um, but um, what can I say? <laughs> oh man <laughs> shots fired shots fired moving on moving on from there <laughs> no he knows i'm kidding hey i you know that's the thing about res and i we've we go back and forth but um i think at the end of the day you know um he carries a lot of swag with him um i try to carry a lot of uh confidence for my guys it's all good i mean mm-hmm. What would you rather spoke G whiz? I hope, you know, and golly G and sure. Sure. It ain't happening. Get a, get a little of the soap opera drama going into, <laughs> going into the game. I'm messing you around. Need some course, drama. But, you know. Hey, just remember you're coming up to New York, you know? Yeah. Storylines. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's this whole season has been nothing but storylines. I mean, it's, um, you know, if, <sighs> And and, I, and I'm not taking away anything from anybody or anybody's season, but it's just it, it just amazes me sometimes that we we are so apt more so to give an underdog credit or um, somebody coming in the side door credit as opposed to teams like Caroline, teams like Albany that just have grinded from the front. Mm or grinded from the middle forward and, you know, and then the biggest arguing point is, well, yeah, you beat us, but we had more people at your game or at our game, you know? And then my thing goes, I will take, and I said this the other night, I will take our 3000 over anybody's crowd because these people are the most educated football fans you've ever seen. I mean, they're perfect. I mean, when we need noise, they know when to make noise, when they need to be quiet, when we're on offense, they're quiet as church mouse. And then it goes the other way and so on and so forth. But I mean, we're not going to make it about football. We're going to make it about our crowd size now. I mean, it's, um, Mm -hmm. it's just, those things probably get me riled up the most um, because Let's make it about the football players. Let's make it about, you know, the sure. Darius Prince's, the Sam Castronovas, you know, the the Hollis's, the 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 linemen, the Cornelius Lewis's, those guys. Let's make it about them. Let's not make it about some drunk doing a chug contest uh, in the stands, you know. But no, I'm serious though. Let's make it about that. 
And God bless you. I, Hey, listen, if I was Jacksonville and I didn't make the playoffs two years in a row, I'd thank God I got 9,000 people in the stands still. And God mm-hmm. bless them. That's a fan base. No, I'm serious. I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm saying that no, no, factually. No, I, yeah, that's, no, we. That's great. That that says a lot about the organization. That says a lot about the fans. That's fantastic. Because you got to remember, I mean, it wasn't pretty up here winning championships in front of a few thousand, right? So I get that. Orlando, look at Orlando. Look what Orlando did. 8,500 people at their last game. Yeah. God bless them. I was talking to Nate Starling today, and, you know, we were talking about that and how great that is. And, and, those kinds of things to not make the playoffs and they have 8,500 people at your last home game. Wow. And trust me, we want it here. We want it here too. You got to remember 2019 in this arena, it averaged like 10, 12, 13,000 people. Oh, oh, we know we, I, right. that was my first year I watched arena football and, and that that's what hooked me those games and going to a Columbus destroyers game that had the empire coming to town. Those were the two things that got me sold on the game, on the sport. I've been sold ever since. But to say it's, you know, that's going to be our thing against Albany. It's not going to be that, you know, coach Manassi's a jerk and uh, they run the ball too much. No, it's going to be that we don't have as many people in our crowd as you. Mm. Well, this week, we got way more people than you got in Jacksonville. That's true. That was for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say. Like, <laughs> we're, we're in off-season mode. <laughs> that means because we got eliminated. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot. <laughs> right. That, and that's the joke. I'll be, so, watching yeah. it. I'll, be, I'll be watching it like all the Jack Sharks fans right now. Hey, watching the game. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what, and you guys, you guys actually brought that up, and thank you for saying that. Is that, you know, um, you may be a Jacks fan, you may be an Orlando fan, San Antonio, whatever, but support by watching this game mm-hmm. on Saturday if you can't be here, because that YouTube volume and the amount of people and the followers and call your friends and share posts and get people watching is really critical to our expansion and our growth of our league. Yeah, you know. You're, you're I, I, I stated that on the res interview and I got a text message saying, James, that was actually the absolute truth. It's like, yeah, I just compared it to the NFL Super Bowl. Everyone watches the Super and Bowl, I, I even though their team it. has been eliminated. Mm-hmm. You're right. Hey, I'm a Detroit Lions guy. I've I'm, Jaguar, I'm a Jaguar, so we're never in the Super Bowl. I'm a Bears fan, but, you know. Yeah. Zach, here's an interesting thing you and Jim might find. Um, so when I was with the Detroit Lions, um, we hadn't won in, you know, since like 1940 or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, and a storied franchise, not unlike Albany. Right. Um, and we played at the Silverdome. Yeah. And my first game, we had 83,000 people at the Silverdome. And we ended up being mediocre that year. And we averaged 80,000 people at Silverdome. It's nice. And yeah, and, and it always boggled my mind when we would do that and then we would go play someplace else and they wouldn't have the crowds we had. And I used to always think, well, why is that? Is it the people? Is it the history? Is it this? Is it that? And 
I, as I got older, you know, I started making sense of the fan base and I'm very empathetic to our fans. Mm-hmm. We're paying, you know, all summer long, we're paying $6 a gallon for gas. We have pretty high taxes in New York. Okay. Um, inflation's through the roof. A gallon of milk costs more. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is expensive. And Mike, God love him, man. Um, you know, the guy's tough as nails, but got a heart, um, you know, as big as anything. He said, you know what? We're going to say kids under 12 free. Right, and we right. got crap for it. We got crap for it. I didn't see that. That's kind of disgrace. Mm-hmm. You uh, know, and, and then, so we, then it was because we were desperate. We're not desperate. Mike runs the Albany Empire like a business that has to support itself, take care of itself, do everything by that. That being said, I'm proud to say as a coach, we pay great. We house fantastic. We feed them unbelievable. We travel well. You couldn't ask for better facilities. And he does it all through football operations. And because he runs it like a business. And so he's empathetic to the cost that people are facing. We try to go an extra mile. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm going to just tell you something that you're, you're not going to know. You guys know who Jeremy Richardson is, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So Jeremy's first year coaching with me, the mm-hmm. hardest year of his life, I'm sure, because we work very, very hard. Um, we're at the office 6 a.m. We're there until we're done, no matter what that is. And we work really hard seven days a week. And we have a team this week because we want to make it as easy on the players as we can with all the things going on that we have a catered lunch brought in every day after practice at the arena. And we have a big buffet of food for the players. Then at night when they come back to the hotel where we stay and they have their own suites here, Mm -hmm. we feed them another catered meal for dinner. So they don't have to go to a restaurant. They don't have to do a bunch of stuff. They can stay together, eat together like we did in camp and they love it. So the, the, uh, Eddie who owns Muddy's, who is doing the catering for us here in Albany brought us, Oh, he brings us more food than we need. (laughs) Jay Rich comes up to me and he says, can I go take the food and give it to, the needy. I didn't suggest it. Shame on me. And I'm, I'm big in the charity and, and giving and all that. But Jay Rich says, it just seems a waste that we don't give this. He loads all this food up in his truck. He drives to some of the roughest areas in town and he finds a family, knocks on the door, hands them all this food. And you'd think we'd have gave him a million dollars. Wow. Now, when people talk about us, they say, oh, they're arrogant, they're bullies, they're this, they're that, they're this. We're not, but we're cocky confident. But when it comes to giving in our community, um, we don't, like, no one would have ever known this. 
unless I just shared it with you guys today. Yeah, I don't think that story is really circulated anywhere. So that's that no, is, it's not good because sure. we didn't call we didn't call the press and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, we're giving away food," you know, sure. or you know, you know how every team in this league gives away tickets. Mm-hmm. They all do. Jacksonville does. San Antonio does. Every team gives away a portion of tickets. So we give the tickets to people. We don't just arbitrarily put them out. We give the tickets to people who we know couldn't come to a professional sporting event with their families unless they got a free ticket. Hmm. Right. We do those kinds of things. And that's because of Mike, Jeff, you know, Matt in tickets, Ryan, um, all these people that work within the organization, the coaches, Chris McKinney, Jeremy Richardson, Coach Ware, these guys collectively have the biggest hearts. And these players that we have are some of the most generous, kind guys you'd ever want to meet in your life. And, and, and uh, no matter what happens on Saturday, we already won this year. I like that. We won 2022. So the trophies – I tell these guys all the time, don't play for jewelry. We're grown-ass men. Don't play for jewelry because I got boxes of these things. I don't wear them. Mm. The kids get them. They get lost. You give them away. They sit, in a, they sit in the bottom of your desk drawer. But this team, I want to win more than any team I've ever been associated with because – I truly believe this team 10 years from now will know each other's kids' names. They'll know, they'll, they'll visit each other. They'll still be friends because they are a composite of a true family. And for that, good Lord, you know, like I said, Mike said it to me today. We already won. Yeah. And, and I, I do want to speak on that because uh, with, Sam, with Sam and Nick, I think that was present when we, we asked a similar question of, you know, feels like this year's team camaraderie is kind of, I mean, it's, it's obviously there's a different unit on some regards than last year's, but like it felt, it feels way more well knit and connected this year um, for the 2022 season. It seems at least that's what we've gotten from when we've had interviews with guys on the empire. Yeah. And and I got asked in interviews this week, how did you do it? (laughs) Me? I didn't do it. They did it. We just gave them the right environment to do it in, right? And, you know, Darius said it best probably out of anybody that I think the one thing Iron Man did for this league is it created tighter bonds on teams because there's no more clicks. Like there's uh, yeah. no clicks on our team because the wide receivers now are hanging out with the DBs. They're together all the time. Right. And the defensive lineman's hanging out with the offensive lineman. So there's no more clicks. They're all together. So if you're on the offensive side, you're hanging out with the defensive side. If you're on special teams, that's everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and everybody loves Mark. So, um, you know, it, it's just a, a really unique situation that I don't know if Chris thought about that when he wanted to bring back Iron Man. But that's probably the biggest and best byproduct of it, because I've seen teams quit on teams. I've seen players quit on their team. It's very hard for family to quit on family. 
right? And I'm trust me, I am not a player's coach. I'm not a subservient leader. I'm not a player's coach. Um, I'm old school. You know, that's just who I am. Okay. This is the first team I can say I love every single one of these guys. And I do. And I love them to death. And I would do anything in the world for them. And I'm so proud of what they've accomplished over these last five months that um, it would mean everything to me for them to win this thing. You know, and, uh, and I'm sure Rez feels the same way with his guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, talking with Kendrick, it's a similar deal, too. It feels like they're very well knit. And, you know, I didn't even think about that. I don't think I know I didn't uh, at least. Um, and, Jim, I, I definitely want to get your opinion on this with the Iron Man section. But, I mean, you know, I think uh, we talk about how the game had kind of evolved into more of a specialty. It's a specialty mindset. Um, it had been since Iron Man disappeared, you know, it was more about focusing on, you know, getting the best out of that section, but you know, you don't, I think as a fan, you don't think about that as much, uh, in terms of the team bonds and like how that works, you know, how the communications and things work like that between the players. Um, so I could see how that fits actually. Um, I mean, Jim, hey, Jim, I, Jim, you've been, you've been an avid, um, indoor football fan for a long time, right? Correct. If you were if you were just a average fan, right? And you come to maybe one game a year, two games a year, but you watch occasionally on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. Could you even tell it's Iron Man? No. Exactly. Huh. The only guys that really know it's Iron Man are the poor bastards having to play Iron Man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you think about it though, a fan just sees a tight end. They don't see him go to defensive end. They they see a fullback. They don't really recognize the fact that that's also your Jack linebacker or your Mac linebacker, right? So um, well, we can have some really exciting stuff happen in this game over the next year. And with the expansion, the continuation of Ironman, the further we get away from COVID, God willing, prices get under control in the United States um, and people have more uh, discretionary spending, you know, at their disposal. Mm-hmm. So plenty sky's the limit. I, I could, I could say, um, and yeah, I mean, Iron Man, I mean, I was going to ask about Iron Man. But I think you kind of summed up what we were going to ask out of that question. So, you know, I think, okay. I think that fits where, you know, af- after week one, or at least I would say the first three to four weeks, it's kind of been, it melded into itself and you kind of just, it's part of the game now. Like it's not sticking out and being a point that you're stopping and going, wait a minute, what's happening now because of a sub stop. Yeah. Our first game of the season, I lost for us. Uh, That Carolina game was completely on me. The first game of the year, I tried to get too cute with Iron Man. Um, I, I thought, Oh, I know all about Iron Man. I've been around it. And, and I tried to simplify it to the point I made it complicated for my staff and for my players. And I blew it. It was all on me. That loss will hang on me. Um, I take full responsibility for that loss. Um, and since then, I don't think we've had one substitution penalty. Because I just went back and said, you know, this is ridiculous. Go back to old school. Just It's regular subbing is all it is, you know. Right. The difference, though, I think with our team is we're in such good shape. I got yelled at by a couple players today 
because we ran today after practice. <laughs> you know, and they're like, right. we got the championship game on Saturday. And I go, yeah, we're not going to change what we do. We run on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. We run on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. And we didn't change it. And, um, you know, the thought process was, you know, we we said this all along. We don't want we we'd like to be competitive, but we really don't care if we win April. We don't care if we win May. We don't care if we win June. But we're damn well going to win July and August. Okay, those last six games are the games that make champions. As long as we're on a semi upward trajectory, I always use the analogy: not an elevator. And and no disrespect to Carolina, but they kind of went the elevator route. Okay, they went really high, really fast, and then when they came down, there's only one way to go straight down. What we did is we kind of took the escalator route. Okay, um, when everyone uh, discounted us and said we probably won't even make the playoffs, and we're this and we're that, um, we just hunkered down and said we're going to win. July and we're going to win August and we have we're undefeated in in July and August so far so um we want to keep doing what we're doing and um you know and that's the thing is that I don't think the best team necessarily wins championships every year Interesting. it's really evident in the NFL is best teams don't always win the healthiest teams win you know um, the healthiest teams win in championship games. And so, yeah, we ran the day. We didn't kill them, but we ran more for aesthetics of keeping a routine. Mm-hmm. But they're in such good shape that a drill we ran that would normally take a run that we normally would do in three minutes, we did in a minute and 40 today. And that's three days before a championship game and that's linemen, wide receivers, quarterbacks, everybody running together. And um, I think if you asked or interviewed any of my guys, um, they would say the same thing. They hated doing it, but they love what's happening because of it. We're healthier and we can, when other teams about three minutes into the third quarter are starting to dip, we have a whole nother quarter and a half in us where we're fine. So that's fourth quarter drills for you. I hated those back in high school. I swear my coach did that. It's time to do stadiums. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope. Ain't doing them. Ain't doing yeah. them. I still had to get yeah. to them. Uh, we, actually, the, we actually oh. do a conditioning period. Sorry, Jim. We actually do oh. a conditioning. And then during this conditioning, like Monday, when we came back off by or Sunday, we came back off by week. I had all the players back by six o'clock Saturday night. Sunday, we did a rundown. It was about 100 degrees here in Albany. It was about 120 in the arena because they had the air conditioner off. And we legitimately oh, ran no. for over an hour. And when we did it, I would finish one session. I call them evolutions. I'd say, first out, we're going to do four evolutions. And after the first one, I go, that's the first quarter. We do the second. That's the second quarter third quarter, fourth quarter. And so we try to emulate how much you're going to put stress on your body over four quarters. And these guys, no bitching, no complaining, did the work, loved on each other afterwards, had lunch together, did all the things that we're talking about with regarding family. And, and that's the thing. 
you know, but I didn't mean to interrupt you, Jim. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was just going to ask you, let's ask you about your guys are prepping for, I was going to say how you guys prep to get into the championship week, but you've been explaining what you guys have been doing. So you've been basically answering the question I was about to ask. So, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you our schedule this week and, and I get criticized for it sometimes, but um, as far as I know, you know, I've got experience in every league with initials. Okay. And um, Mm -hmm. the ones that do it is we, we, we start out the first day back Usually if we win a game, they love hearing this in the locker room after the game. They, not necessarily my speech, but what I say afterwards, I say, see you Tuesday. So we get done Saturday. They get their treatments, of course, on Sunday and Monday, do everything they need to do. But then I don't have them report back till Tuesday during the regular season. And we go hard Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Tuesday's hard. We, go, we call it 100 hundred meaning 100% feet, 100% upper body in your contact, everything you do. Wednesday, mm-hmm. we go 175, which is 100% footwork, 75% lock-in. Thursday, we go ahead and we do 100% footwork and about 50% on top. We limit the running, goes down. The time plays we do in team, offense, defensively, special teams goes down from maybe 20 plays to 15 to 12 and so on. And a scale that goes down Um, tomorrow, we're in shorts and tees. We're good. We'd like to play tomorrow. Y'all want to come up early? Let's go. Uh, You know, because, you know, the haze in the barn, boys. I mean, you ain't going to get better in two days. You know, what you got is what you got. You can't change your roster. You can't do it, you know. Your guys are there. Um, Why beat them up? You know, um, we're going to have a good practice. We're going to do – we're going to do it in shorts and tees, and we're going to limit contact. But footwork will be 100%. And we'll have film, and we'll have meetings. Then we got our team pitcher, and – I told them, take Thursday afternoons, get your haircuts, pick up your wives and kids at the airport, do all the things you need to do. So Friday, it's all about football. Saturday, all about football. That's what we do. That's the big secret. I dig so. it. Thanks for the rundown. <laughs> hey, a little bit of insight there from, from Coach, honestly. Um, Jim, before we wrap this up, uh, anything else you'd like to ask Manas before we move on? Uh, I told tell the I told this little vet, and I'll tell you and the Albany fans. Means Zach have a statement. Make us eat our own crow. Albany, you made me eat my own crow. Congratulations, you're 60 minutes away of being champion. So, I tip my hat to you, sir. You Likewise. swept the Jacksonville Sharks this season. Um, and I, I'm going to be one of those fans who are going to be watching it Saturday. And again, Jacksonville, take more shots, Albany. Um, that's going to be a fun game for me now. Uh, um, but I want to say, yeah. Coach, you did it. You made me eat my crow. And as a men, man of this business, I tip my hat to you and the fans of the Albany Empire. Thank you. I, you know what? That means a lot to us. Um, the only thing I would ask is that um, when you when you guys – do what you do, and we appreciate it. The league appreciate it. The fans do. The coaches, the players, they all enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just take in mind that um, we don't use what you say as bulletin board material. Um, I give enough for the league already in the way I talk. Um, uh, but I had a mentor of mine. I said this on the show. Um, I had a mentor of mine tell me that if you say something and you're worried about it becoming bulletin board material, or if a coach puts something up on the bulletin board, all you did was, and as Levesque likes to say, um, you're living in their head rent free. Right. So we don't take it personally. It's more tongue in cheek, I think, and, and friendly banter in what we do. Um, you know, like I was watching Rez on your show. He calls up on my show like he's a part of it. The guy won't get off my show. It's crazy. Um, and I love him. No, I, I say that because I like him. If I, I didn't I, like him, we wouldn't read his comments. I was in so. the comments on the show, and that, I thought that was hilarious. Just that little back and forth. He does that comments. all the time. I'm like, don't you have to go to practice or something? You know? <laughs> But, um, but the thing about it is, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put this out there. Rez made a comment and he said he thought it was going to be a really close game, come down to last possession, all that. Right. Mm -hmm. I totally disagree. That's all I'm going to say. All right. I, I don't think so. I don't think so because, um, really, uh, at this point, um, if I didn't say that, I wouldn't believe my guys. And I think uh, my guys uh, are very anxious to play their best game. And I, I truly believe you're going to see the best version you've ever seen of the Albany empire on Saturday. I think that gets, I think that's for honestly, any, any fan, you got to be excited to hear that and coach appreciate your time. And, you know, glad that it's going to be, a big celebration at least, or, uh, and should be a fun game, no matter what the outcome is over in Albany, New York for you, for you guys, for the league itself, for fans that tune in, uh, even myself. And I'm, I'm excited to get to meet you, Jeff, and several others in the league in person, I think, and to catch, check that facility out. Cause, um, I've been, you guys have told me this and then even folks from other teams told me this, your facilities are, are awesome. So I'm looking forward to checking that out and getting to meet a bunch of people there. It's gonna be a fun time. Really? Uh, it's, I mean, what more can you ask? It's the, it's the capstone of the seat of a, what has been a fascinating 2022. Hey, you know what? It's a football game, right? Yeah. Um, God willing, everyone comes out of it safe. Um, but boy, I hope it's a good old fashioned fist fight. I really do. Uh, I, I would love nothing more than them to come in as the best version of them. I want Bane to be on. I want him to be perfect. I want him to be the best version of him. I want Sam to be the best version of him, right? And yeah. the ink and the princes and all that. We we want that. We really do. We love the best of the best. And um, this year, that's who's facing each other. Um, and like I said, Rez, I love you. Talk's cheap, man. Come and beat us. <laughs> I'm a I'm going to be so excited for that, for these storylines come Saturday coach. Thank, thanks a ton for joining the show and folks that are listening in, you know, if you're in the Albany area or, and I'll even add this on because, Hey, let's, let's get this thing packed out. If you're a Carolina fan that they have that bus uh, set up now too, that they're trying to get fans up to the MVP arena, 
come on out. You know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. It like the festivities before the game, you know, it's the two best teams in my opinion and Jim's opinion in the NAL that are going to be fighting off against each other on August 13th. I mean, why would you not want to miss that? So if you want to get tickets for that, by the way, uh, you can head over to nationalreleague.com or albanyempirenal.com and you can go and find those tickets via Ticketmaster. Also, you can call the M Albany Empire offices at 518-714-2200 to reserve a ticket for yourself or your whole family as well. Come on out. Tickets are still out there. And obviously, Coach and Jeff and company, Mike, they want to see you guys pack out the MVP arena. And it's it's getting packed up. We can we can tell from the pre-sales. You guys are buying the tickets pretty good. So yep. it should be a fun game. Um, Coach Manas, thanks a ton. Looking forward to meeting you, you in person and looking forward to getting you on the I wish show. You were coming up, Jim. Hmm? Work. I wish you were coming up. I know. Work. I get it. I, oh, we, 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 we wish it was a we wish it was a combo. Yeah. I got the next year's championship weekend off, so I'm good for next season. I just can't do it now because I'm still technically, I said this on other shows, I'm technically still under probation in my current job there. I can't take days off. Well, when you guys come up next year for the championship game and we have media day at our place, um, we we, got to do a podcast right from – the arena we you know uh, on game yours. day and all that and really make it so you guys are embedded in this thing and even you know maybe even just during the season to come up for a regular season game and do it you know it's um i know it's the economics and it's schedules and it's everything else but um i want nothing more than for you guys because uh, you, you may or may not know this but when you guys were it was being decided whether or not you guys were going to be the official podcast. I was probably one of your biggest advocates. Thank um, you. And Thank so, you, no, you. I mean that because I think you guys are passionate about what you do and, and all that. But I think that what we got to get you more involved on the ground level. So Jim, you can learn other teams besides Jack's and I'm not being sarcastic, but you know, it's all good. I love the game and how we, and how we do things. And, um, Zach, to get you familiar with the whole thing, right? Um, boots on the ground. So yeah, just more games. I mean, that's the thing. I know I folks when they tune in, they hear me talk about Indianapolis, and that that's just the only kicker. You know, I'm just not on the East Coast. Yeah, but I could guarantee you. I mean, okay, I consider Midwest nonetheless. Well, you're technically if, in the AFC South. If, so <laughs> if travel and money wasn't a factor, I could guarantee you I would be at an arena game as many times as possible during a season. It is that is that quality of a product. I love, I love the sport that much. It is a, uh, it is definitely the passion side of my football fandom anymore. Just, uh, I think it deserves the love. It doesn't get enough. That's why simple as that. Thanks again to coach Tom Manas for joining us on this edition of the inside the walls podcast, our final interview of this week's NAL championship series of shows. Uh, and thank you to, by the way, to all of our guests this week. I mean, the fact that we were able to pull this off, not only us, but just them getting the time in their busy schedules. I mean, Jim, Jim you know, these guys, these guys, they go through so much to get this all. Oh, yeah. Order. Um, that means a ton right there. And they, and, and they give this podcast an hour of their time or 30 minutes of their time of their day to talk in AL. That that's yeah. one thing I, I'm really, that's one thing when we started the show is like, man, it'd be cool to have interviews. It'd be cool. And we thought it was going to be difficult to grab players. 
now they they're looking forward to getting on the show, which is uh, for me, it's very humbling that we've left that landmark to the league. And hopefully it's something of a signs to come, especially what Manas said. They look forward to the show. I have a drinking game now, so I'm happy. Yeah, about yeah. That. <laughs> so we should start a uh, <laughs> next year. Maybe we need to start making tallies and put in something like just reference like them or build, whatever. Like a sign in the back. Yeah. <laughs> How many times did Jim Jim and Zach say Jacksonville this week or <laughs> something? Or we can make an anti one now. How many times did Jim and uh, Zach say Albany? <laughs> yeah. It'd be it'd be, it'd be fun. Um, but the, the, I, I'm I'm glad he came on. I'm I'm happy, and we're both. Oh, just... no. I got one. Yeah, Is that, you know how you know how Gaz and Lebec have their own show. Yep, and they broadcast everything about Albany. Every time Lebec says something about rings, championships, or he's exposed his fingers about uh-huh. a championship, that's when we start doing the tallies. <laughs> okay, okay. I, so, I think that I think that could be in order. Yeah, because yeah, if you listen to ladies, if you go with listen to guys in the vet, they're like the number one source for Albany Empire news. Um, great guys, and hey, when I when Manas told me about the drinking game, we got to do our own drinking game. So <laughs> it's on Lebec, it's on. But yeah, it, it's pretty. Oh cool. my god, I'm I'm uh, the off season ahead for us will be own prep, and you guys know we'll have our own stuff talking off season. But we're not even there yet. We still got the championship, which, by the way, folks, as we move forward, we do have the final walkthrough. Um, if you're listening to this on Friday, August 9th, or sorry, August 12th, I, my days are backwards. Uh, then in that case, you'll be getting that second episode later th- this afternoon. So check out both. You know, if you do, if you listen to the Manas one, flip on over here. Our thoughts about the championship game. Or if you're listening to this on Saturday, here before the game starts. I mean, why not? Right. You know, so tune in for that. We got, of course, we're going to do stuff after the game. And I'll try and uh, send Jim as many, much content as I can from Albany. I'm going to try my best to be photogenic. I'm one of those guys that's like in the middle. I get in the moment too much and I forget to take a picture. I'll make sure to get a few for you. And if not, Jim's going to remind me to, I know you're going to remind me to get some while I'm out there. It's live stream. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you've got also live strip. Yes, yep. yes. Do you get more details on that? What's it going to look like for people? Um, for right now, might have a special guest in the first half, and the second half, most likely, not one hundred percent sure, will be Mason Espinoza of the Carolina of the uh, Columbus Lions joining Ooh, me, okay. talking about live reactions. So we're not going to show the game on our channel. We're just going to. Talk NAL football, describe what we're seeing, how, especially the minds of both players. Um, mm-hmm. We'll finalize that. If you're, well, of course, today's Friday. If you're listening to us today on Friday, it will be announced who will be on both on Friday. At worst, it will just be me and one of my uh, Shark buddies covering the game um, who means Zach know um, very well because we're yep. in the chat room with them. And I may also get some other people if I can try. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do something to help the league. So when we get to next year, next year, um, and if we have more responsibilities as a podcast and the goals that me and Zach want for this show and for the league, it might be something that turns into like a Manning cast. So that's basically what I'm trying to do, get a player and someone covers it. Because, you know, the Manning cast from Monday Night Football, those things are hilarious. I'd rather watch mm-hmm. them. And, of course, you'll get Eli that does the random birds out of nowhere that's unedited. Um, <laughs> still one of the best moments right. of last season. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the purpose. That's where I got it from the Manny cast and try and do that in the NAL version of it. And hopefully 
it can continue it's because it's championship week. You, you got to go all out on championship week. It's just, oh, yeah. it's not, it's not week four. It's, mm-hmm. you know, this is the two best teams in the league and if any other, any other league out there, no matter if it's major league baseball or the national football league or European league, the soccer or European league, they make their championship games, these big highlights uh, with content, with p- players in the game or not in the game. And they try and put it up to a point where, this is the mecca of what this league is about. And that's what we're going to try and do here on Inside the Walls is make Saturday. And what we have done this week leading up to it, to tell you guys, NAL Championship is this weekend, August 13th, tomorrow. Enjoy it. Don't miss or it. Or watch me. Don't miss it. Tune in for some high-quality football. Why not? Right. You know? So that's all we're trying to push. That's what Coach Manas said, too. You know, And that's what, of course, others have said when we've been on the show. You know, Coach Rez, too. Like, tune in for some high-quality football. Two best teams that we could say this season are facing off and should be explosive, whatever, whichever way you skew it or whatever happens. So don't miss out, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in on the on YouTube, seven o'clock Eastern time, or come in person, of course, like we said, with the details as well for how to buy your tickets to the game. Folks, we'll catch you over on the final walkthrough, the the last final walkthrough of the season for national arena league for this 22 2022 year unreal we've gotten to this point it, it has felt like some stretches going longer than others some shorter but we have we're, we're, we're there jim yeah the end of the season is nigh yeah i had, I had a friend actually asked us what is longer the off season or the season and i was like right now it's the season because it feels like it's not going to end because of all the <laughs> podcasts we have done well i'll, um, I'll tell yeah, you i think, I think the, two week, the two week gap for fans also that's a new thing and that's that's yeah. also been I'm not used to that in this league compared to like, say the NFL. So that's a new part of it as well. I think that extends it for you and I. Yeah. And uh, the only reason why it's easier in the NFL is because they actually have a pro bowl and the NFL is the biggest league in football and they have the money to do whatever they want those two weeks. And people just ignored that. And plus it's the Super Bowl, and it's, that's the party of all parties. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, everybody we will catch you on the final walkthrough here, probably in just a moment, honestly, uh, Let's kick this bad boy off. Give you our predictions. Talk about first and second team all NAL sections, by the way, coming out. So we'll get to break those down for you. Should be Mm -hmm. a great way to cap off the championship week to then get you ready for August 13th at 7 o'clock Eastern time for the 2022 National Real League Championship. For myself and my partner here, Jim Renier, thank you for tuning in. See you soon. (laughs) 